oh man, especially if I've smoked weed that night or something and I, I'll order a whole pie and I'll eat it. Uh, it's pretty expensive for the delivery of one pie, but um, I love pizza pie. <laughs> yeah. The views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists, and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. Uh, it's for you. It's for you. Hi everyone, welcome to Blue Cheese with me, Ebony L. Haynes. This is a limited podcast series where I invite a friend and artist to respond to this prompt. Name a song that you currently have on repeat or one of your regular playlist go-tos. This song is then the catalyst for a fun, easy, flowing conversation that leads to a lot of places. Joining me on this episode is Maggie Lee, an artist who currently lives and works in New York. And Maggie's episode is brought to you by Romance Layers by Gang Gang Dance. In this episode, we talk about Gang Gang Dance, uh, working in the studio, underground music culture, delicious Pete's pies, specifically chocolate chest pies, and so much more. And uh, here's a clip of the song. join me in welcoming my guest today, uh, Maggie Lee. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Ebony. How's it going? Um, it's good. Um, I'm just in my studio on the Bowery. I just moved in. Oh, your studio's on the Bowery now. That's cool. Yeah, um, I just moved into this space and I really like it. Um, That's cool. You were in Brooklyn before, right? Yeah, I was working out of my room, um, but I had some I have some shows coming up that I needed like a larger space and um, to make work. Oh so. shit, that's exciting, Maggie. Yeah. Um, I won't pry too much since we are on the air, and sometimes keeping those details to yourself is fun. But you can tell me offline. Um, but that's cool. I've always wanted to. I mean, I I think there's something refreshing about splitting up your live work 
life in the boroughs, you know, like being able to travel into your studio must feel good. I'm just assuming. Yeah. I love being in the city and like the train, like I ran into so many people on the street, like on taking the subway. It's funny. I live in Brooklyn, so I take the subway to the city, to my studio, but, um, I saw this guy wearing a world inferno mask. It's like this punk band that I used to listen to in high school. Mm-hmm. We're talking. And then I just like ran into all these people. Yeah, like I ran into my friend Nick Atkins, who's having a show at Procell opening today. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I ran into my friend Pete, who used to be in a band, but he has like that pie store now on Delancey. So I feel like. Pete's Pies? You know Pete from Pete's Pies. You're friends with Pete. (laughs) Yeah, he was in like this Uh. punk band. It was really good. We go to um, shows every week. Hey guys, just a quick note that the owner of Pete's Pies name is actually Robert. Um, wow. Every week. Um, but I feel like it's so, and then like a leaf fell on my head while walking to the studio. It was just so fun. I love, I love having a studio. Um, that's pretty awesome. That was really, um, crazy to hear you talk about Pete's pies as a friend be like I saw my friend Pete who now owns this pie store like this pie store he owns the pie store called Pete's pies and that's Pete that's really cool totally um I love those pies I impress all of my friends and chosen family with pre-ordered pies whenever I go to a dinner or event at someone's house which hasn't been in about a year but I used to order them a lot I do actually order one of my secret, the won't, won't be so secret now indulgences is the um, chess pie, the chocolate chess pie from Pete's Pie. Oh my good God. If you, if anybody out there likes chess pie, um, Pete's Pie delivers also and they <laughs> deliver slices or whole pies. And there's one in Brooklyn. Um, I live in bed and I get whole pies delivered and they deliver up to 9 p.m. at night. So I'll like, oh man, especially if I've smoked weed that night or something and I, I'll order a whole pie and I'll eat it. Uh, it's pretty expensive for the delivery of one pie, but um, I love pizza pie. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, yeah. Uh, boy. Okay. Well, yeah, being in the city is great. I also, I was, I've been working from home like most everybody who's even been fortunate to still be working really. Um, but I was working from home for, you know, seven months and... Um, I just got a new job, which came with a new office, and they've been really, um, I mean, it's such a supportive system over there. I've never, you know, it's such a professional space, and they just assumed, or they didn't make any assumptions that I would be coming in five days a week because it's a fucking global pandemic, and yeah, sometimes people can't travel, and life is weird right now, which I thought was great, but I looked at them immediately and was like, I'll be here five days a week. I can't wait to travel into the city again and I can't wait to 
not try and work from home with a baby and I can't wait to be at a desk in an office like I just it's the same thing like you get off the train and you're walking through Chelsea and I it's been so long since I've been there it feels really nice it's so nice it's so nice to be like activated and like it's so nice that there are kind of less people in the city so it feels like more like the city Mm -hmm. Um, and it just feels yeah totally going to a desk and like having things kind of just having a place to go yeah so good um well we're back at it right I guess it's time it's time to be in the swing of things we're working I'm doing a podcast you're working on shows um and thank you for participating in this podcast of course I, I made a connection the last two podcasts I recorded were um E. Jane and uh I can't believe I'm blanking on who I just spent wonderful time talking oh Alima it was Alima Lee and I realized that they were both in the Delia Derbyshire show the last show at Shoot the Lobster I ever did before the space closed and I left the gallery and you were also in that show yeah um and Nikita Gale who I also spoke to for this series was in that show so it feels like um for anyone listening who doesn't know um I don't think I spoke about it in the last episode but Delia Derbyshire show was it was called Dear Delia and it was a show that I'd wanted to do for a long time about this um, musical genius Delia Derbyshire. It was created using music concrete, very basic electronic music techniques in that she used found sounds, things like a plucked string as a basic sound for the bass line and basic electronic sign tones and, and white noise filtered and cut and shaped. It was very meticulous in that every note had to be created as a separate piece of tape and they cut together to create the rhythm and the melodies all on separate pieces of tape, one piece for each line. No multi-track tape recorder, so the final mix was done by playing all these uh, pieces of tape together simultaneously off multiple tape machines and hoping they would stay in synchronisation from start to end. If the sound we want exists already in real life, say, we couldn't go and record it. We can get the lower sounds we need from the rhythm by slowing down the tape. And the higher sounds by speeding up the tape. And then all we have to do is cut the notes the right length. We can join them together on a loop and listen to them. Anyways, you can look into it more. I won't I won't pontificate on the show, but um, it's interesting that you guys are amongst the small group I called on for this podcast about music, but it makes so much sense now. Um, and your song, as I mentioned, is um, Gang Gang Dance. Yeah. So it's an old song from, I think, 2012. But um, my friend Lizzie, who passed down her studio to me on the Bowery. She's mm. been here forever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's been kind of like on my mind. So, and also the song is just like so beautiful, but um, I feel like it's kind of, yeah, we can listen to it or and talk about it. But um, um, It's, you know, I didn't, I feel like I knew and had heard of Well, let's just let's play a little bit right now and um, we'll talk about it some more.
think about all these things like you have to so when I listen to this song I'm like thinking about problem solving like it's what's going on in my mind and it's like navigating through thoughts and there's just so many different things happening so many good things happening in the song and like it's kind of like you're talking to a friend or there's like energy there's just like good energy and I love like anything that sounds sparkly but I think the song is about like navigate for me it's like navigating and going through all these thoughts and like it's kind of a trip or like a religious experience in this way like and about kind of persevering in a way yeah I mean it's, how, it, sorry go ahead yeah that's how I feel it's like also yeah what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that I listened to... So one of the fun things for me selfishly about this um, podcast format is I feel like I either get to be introduced to things in a really cool way, somebody whose music, taste, and artist practice, which are often combined, and somebody whose taste in that I, I trust and respect and am interested in, have listed a song, and then I... I either don't know it and so I'm learning something new or they say they they give a song that I haven't listened to in a long time which has also been happening and it's just such a funny um, reminder about it and I wonder why they've recalled it but for this song I didn't know anything about um, gang gang dance except there was a except that it was a music group that I sort of knew about, if that makes any sense. Like I sort of knew that Lizzie was in it. Like I knew, like I'd heard about Gang Gang Dance. Like I knew it was a thing. Um, and like the Lower East Side, you know, like I just, I knew that it was an entity that I was probably one degree of separation from. Yeah. But I would not have been able to say, or, you know, um, to verbalize or vocalize what that band even sounds like. I, I didn't, I had no idea what to expect. Um, but when I saw your suggestion, I was like, oh, right, gang, gang, dance. And I was like, actually, I don't know anything about what their music sounds like. And when I was listening to the song, I mean, it's funny you say religious experience because it feels very, um, I don't know, like choir-esque, just but yeah. like the instrumental part of it. It's not like it's a big vocal arrangement. But I also thought that the vocals and I don't know if this is consistent with other songs because I really just kept my um quote-unquote prep to talk to you to one song to keep this like a pure reaction but it reminded me of a lot of like 80s um I don't know like 80s black female vocal kind of pop like maybe like a Whitney Houston or like the way the melody goes the melody totally yeah yeah that influence I feel it too or I can see Do you 
still are they still act are they still pretty active um or do you know i think so um they're still active but just because there aren't any shows right now it's like impossible but they're still around um and i also like lizzie's other band too um iud Mm. with alaska um it's like two female drummers and it's like really powerful and like i feel like i'm in a trance when i listen to it I miss shows too. I was talking with someone about this um, and how I the invitations I get to online shows make me so sad. You know, like yeah. uh, there's some like nothing replaces being at a certain place on the floor looking at a stage. Um, you know, you're, you're like feet sticking to the ground. You're kind of sweaty, drinking yeah. really bad beer. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the same online. You know, I was thinking how um, when you're talking about you miss shows, I sort of, you know, I felt the same way about art shows. And um, but it does feel like things are in the swing, getting back in the swing now, too. And like you're preparing for three shows. And I think people are trying to make stuff feel less online only. Yeah. But I'm so worried it's going to just go away again. I know, but I love the thing, like, about our friends or the scene or, like, just in general, people try to find different ways of doing what is interesting, but, like, figuring out other ways to do something What's from what's normal, which yeah. is nice. That's really, like, I just feel like, wow, everyone's such a genius when they can, like, think of... A cool way to do something or that sounds corny but like no it's, just, it's like we're all we're figuring out yeah. a way to stay in touch and probably not lose our fucking minds yeah I think it's kind of the time to take over the city in this way like our friends to take over and create new ways of doing things um, I feel like the, there's no rules you kind of just have to accept how things will be and be less rigid and just kind of be present yeah that's a that's a great point and also and being less rigid is feels so key for so many different parts of how we interact and move through the city and you know concepts of time and being on time and schedule I mean you can't I feel it's it's inhuman to um, hold anybody to those old standards you know how can I be upset if somebody can't do meet me for a podcast on a certain day like shit is shit is not scheduled anymore you don't know what's going to happen your train's not running 
you know, your job, you have to work from home, someone gets COVID, um, you know, like things are just moving at a different pace and so ad hoc. So it's like you have, to, I love the the idea that you just mentioned of being less rigid and everybody keeping that in mind. It would just create such a more pleasant atmosphere for one another too. Like hold no yeah. weird expectations of that are that are based in something so fucking shitty already. Like why do we have to follow standards? Yeah. I think everyone needs to like slow down. I feel like we all work so freaking hard um, in the city and we just need to enjoy our life a little bit more and not like worry so much and to really just enjoy the things that we do or just be more in it. I guess yeah being more in it would is nice and giving ourselves time to be more in it or you know enjoy it before you have to move on to the next thing yeah and to like really understand and feel feel it out instead of the pressure of creating things as fast as possible which you're doing right now I'm just kidding yeah like so i mean you don't have to give too many details but are you do you feel like you have a are, are you excited is it are you in a good place to produce things for these shows are you going to be able to be at them well i would like to um hold on mm-hmm. wait what was the question sorry your time. Really no that's okay what was the question? I was asking if you had some had space for because you said you were making shows for th- you have three shows coming up, yeah. and so I was just asking if you felt like you had enough space to really um, be present for that and enjoy oh. the process, and if you thought you'd be able to attend any of those shows, like depending on where they were, or would you able to be able to be there talking about pres- being you know in person versus the online show? Yeah, I think it's important to be there. Um, and there's no pressure for anyone to be there at all. Um, I'm really like, I feel like it's better to be like casual and kind of have this like laissez-faire attitude, if that makes sense. Mm. But, um, I, um, I feel like also I have this pressure of making the show, but I like to be active but also like I party I feel like partying or working like a normal job or doing normal things make studio time like I feel like those times where you have to work a normal job or like you burn all these days like doing what you don't want to do it makes like studio time just so much more serious and important and like crucial Mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm kind of in this like beast mode style of working right now beast Um, mode sounds like old school no i'm just kidding (laughs) but that's good i mean um it's it's i mean i haven't i know we use that grouping kind of abstractly like our friends i mean you and i know what that means and maybe some people listening know but i feel like i haven't had the as many opportunities as i would have liked in the last few months to connect with people and I guess I I feel kind of pressured and maybe I mean I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way but I feel um almost like a little scared that I'm gonna drop the ball too much and then people that I care about 
won't be around in the same way if things ever get back to whatever normal means you know like yeah maybe I shouldn't um you know maybe I should take a break from the podcast one night and go to an opening that I know people I love are going to be at and I haven't seen in a long time you know I just I feel like I have like so many people trying to schedule things in but also make time to see people I care about and I I do think about that a lot um like making sure I don't I don't want anyone to feel like I'm ignoring them or dismissing them but I guess saying that out loud if people really if they really care about you they wouldn't think that right I mean yeah um what else did I I forget what I was gonna ask you when I started going on that diatribe of myself um oh yeah did you let me just mark this down one second Did you stay in the city for this whole lock, like the lockdown time? Were you able to get out of Brooklyn or were you here for the most of the time? Um, I was here most of the time. Like, I don't know where else I would go. Like mm. the city, I guess, is like everything I know or, or like it's just my home or where I live. So not your home. It is my home. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I've almost lived here longer than how, where I grew up originally, which is which fun. Is, about, where did I, you grow up? I mean, I know. I, I'm asking as an interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell the audience where you grew up, Maggie. Um, in New Jersey, the Garden State. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like a really suburban, safe town. Um, and you could take the train really easily to the city. Do you feel like that, that safe town, New Jersey, I mean, I'm asking genuinely out of interest because I also grew up in a suburb be kind of vibe. Um, do you think like that must've had an effect on your music experience growing up or do you think it did? Um, yeah, I think it was just a lot of it. Yeah. The style of just being in the suburbs, like, suburban grass, kind of, like, and, like, it feels really indie, like, basements and stuff, and, like, I feel like that had a lot of influence, and also there was, like, this message board, the New Jersey scene that I used to be on, so it was, like, all the people of the hardcore music scene, Mm. um, and we would, like, find, I, that's how I would get around, like, finding rides for shows. And everyone was, like, straight edge, so, and, like, trustworthy and, like, a nice person. That It was just, like, that sounds lovely. community, <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. We talked about everything and anything, and, like, that's how I found out about shows. And that was kind of, like, the DIY scene community um, that came out of, New Jersey for me I guess um but yeah a lot of basement shows yeah I love a good basement show do you feel do are you part of any do you like subscribe to any message boards now or use them um I'm trying to think uh I mean I just asked because I haven't I haven't used one in so long I love message boards um I don't think so I wish I could say, like, what's something funny to say? No, that's okay. There might not be anything no. funny. That's um, 
I have two thoughts that I'd like to get out and get your reaction to. One is, um, wait, I should write this down so I don't forget the other one. One is, I mean, it seems very obvious when I'm saying it out loud, but I don't think that's a problem to talk about with friends and maybe people listening will empathize. But the fact that we both grew up in suburbs, right? Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to think of because we we both also have such a love for and connection to music in our own way. Um, I mean, it was a part of everything I ever did uh, from the time I remember being able to you know, be but from the time I remember being conscious of what I was doing, I remember picking music and knowing that I wanted to play with buttons on the radio to make it louder. Like I, those are my earliest memories. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I had grown up in your New Jersey suburb, right. Would, yeah. would I have been in more, more into, sorry. Um, what were you listening to again? Like hardcore? Kind of, yeah, like hardcore music, like punk. Right, hardcore punk. Would I have would I have ascribed to that scene without hesitation? Or would I have gone the path of super extreme East Coast hip hop at the time? And a lot of, and super, I was even at a young age, um, before I even knew hip hop, I was really into 80s music. And like 80s soul, I, I used to buy tapes when I was in elementary school. Um, yeah. But it, you know, of course, I'd say of course, maybe it's not so obvious, but it's part, it's a product of our environment, right? I mean, yeah, my neighborhood was really black and there was always, I mean, my dad was black and was a DJ and made speakers and that was kind of the music he always had playing. I didn't, I mean, I didn't see him very often, but when I did, that was playing in his car. And then just the like housing complexes I grew up in would have music playing all the time, just blasting out of windows. And it was, you know, to this day, my bucket list is to go to an Anita Baker concert live. I mean, she's one of my top five artists ever. Um, oh, well, I think I need someone new. No, it just won't do. Because I think about you, baby, from beginning to end. 365 days of the year. I want the same old love, baby. But would I have, what would happen if I lived in New Jersey? Or what would happen if you lived with me in that, like, tenement in the suburbs in Canada? Like, <laughs> would you be going to the underground hip hop show with me? I'm just. Because that, because I mean, it also had such an effect on the formation of my identity, right? I mean, yeah, like I feel like our appreciation of music that's like underground or something that's not like um, popular, something against pop, like what's popular, or basic, or whatever. But like, I feel like our love for all these like scenes are kind of makes us like friends or like our relationship it doesn't matter what I think it's important to be diverse in what kind of music you like Mm -hmm. um my friends growing up like it would um sorry that's okay do you feel like do you feel like maybe the fact like one of the the, really maybe the kind of system that we formed 
or the at the crux of this relationship to music is the fact that there is a system of how people associate to music maybe instead of just the type of music right like if you subscribe to the underground music scene whether that underground be hardcore or hip-hop or punk or you know drum and bass but it was not mainstream I think you're right actually you kind of have a different way it's a different social scene in general whether the music's the same or not but if you subscribe to you know if it was really pop if you had a really pop appreciation which still doesn't mean that it's not cool I mean whatever we all love pop yeah but you may be related to one another differently than if you had to like be on a message board to find the shows as opposed to listen being able to listen to a radio station you know with your parents and hearing an announcement of a tour you know there was like a different way to access that information too it was like deep I feel like there's a connection between that and like a deep understanding or appreciation for like music and um that's what makes us or like that's what makes people um I think that yeah I don't know how to explain it I mean, it, yeah, it makes us, co- we're connected in a different way, whether whether I liked hardcore or not, or you were really into going to like underground hip hop shows. Yeah. We, pro- we both appreciate the means that it takes to create those communities and access that information. Totally. Um, what a beautiful thought. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's harmony amongst communities in the music world. Everyone should take note. Yeah. Um, the thing I wrote down just to remember to say was I wanted to tell you a story of something crazy that happened to me when I asked you about message boards. Um, so recently, so I've had this new job and it's going great. Um, for everyone listening who doesn't know, I, I haven't, I started a new job and it was a very sort of public announcement and, you know, I always have haters and that's great like fuel the fire I could care less really Mm -hmm. but it's such an interesting position I've never I mean I'd never even put a photo of my face out there as you know as being part of our group of friends like my photo my face is never photographed and then all of a sudden it's in the New York Times and I feel very exposed but then I I became this sort of target in a in a very different way that I wasn't expecting and this isn't quite the same as a message board but there was an artist talk online and there was an open forum for questions and somebody wrote in and said their name was Ebony Haynes and it was an artist that I was am associated with for my work and not not that wrote in that that was giving the talk Mm -hmm. and then everyone at work thought it was me asking the question pardon was that her real name? I don't know. I don't know who I don't know who did oh. it. But it's just interesting that it be it's something that somebody might think to do because now they some people know who I am and maybe use that information in a way that I wasn't expecting. I don't know. It was kind of crazy that and it was the first question of the talk of the open forum for questions. And then immediately someone told me that and I got paranoid because I thought what if someone's trying to make it seem like I'm being antagonistic or confrontational I don't know what they asked and um yeah it ended up being totally fine and maybe the person's name really was Ebony Haynes I don't know but it just made me think about um people who are in my dms or 
somehow accessing my email. I think it's through LinkedIn. I should probably just disconnect that page. But sending me really shitty messages. Um, anyways, that's what I, I just kind of went to that thought about message boards. It's like, I wonder about identities on message boards because somebody might be pretending to be me. Trolls, yeah. Trolls. And, I, and you know, it's also, no. I love a good troll. I mean, I love the idea of a good troll, to be honest. Even people who troll me. Um, you know, I was just texting about this yesterday with one of our friends, actually, and they informed me of some trolling that was happening. And I thought it was really actually quite funny. Um, I mean, who doesn't love a good, I mean, it, it sucks if you're at the end of the, you're at the, you know, you're the butt of the trolling and maybe it feels very hurtful or maybe it's not a funny and clever troll and they're just trying to be spiteful and cause you harm but if it's a real like if it's a smart and funny troll i don't know it's like, like a, it's a form of expression or something i don't know i think it's okay i know you don't like me you want to fight me you don't want no problems at your party don't invite me i don't worry about you niggas please stop talking about me always talking about me because you looking for the cloudy six nina the nine nina riding in a two-seater with two ninas baby got that aquafina it's cocaina smoking on that og refund or tmz i mean have you ever been trolled See the message boards. I was right to yeah. call it out. You get trolled then, on there. But it's like I found it because somehow, oh, the story is so complex. It's okay, but I I found all these like links, these hits going to my. I used to have a blog, and this. I don't know if the story is actually worth telling, but it's, I don't want to tell. It. You don't want to tell it. Um, it's too. It's too hard, I think, to explain the story. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so this guy... Okay, so this guy in this punk band... Um, oh, yeah, because I was... Okay, so this was in college, and I was getting popular with my art at the time because I was shooting for Vice, and there were, like, trolls, like, emerging. And mm -hmm. they were people that I knew, too. Um, and... I had this blog and I was getting a lot of hits from this message board in Topeka, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And um, all these people, like this guy Kevin, or this guy Kevin and this punk band was saying how I would hit on him, but I really never hit on him. He just wanted to like get some clout or some kind of recognition because I was like a cool. photographer that was like at the time working as working artist in public whatever right but um, so then I saw his that post and then he linked my blog so on my blog I made a post with his face on it and like was like you're such a toy this is this is like <laughs> I've never hit on you like and I just like defaced his face and then everyone on the blog would just visit my blog and see that and then like I called him out and then like call yeah so and you then, you re-trolled the troll yeah exactly not called out I don't like call it but like yeah I re-trolled the troll and it was a good I think it was a successful because it made it I never hit on him so so why not set the record straight yeah yeah so I think it was a good move um 
I mean, that's a good that's a good ending to the retrolling story because sometimes, I mean, it doesn't work out that way. You know, I feel like I um have a hard time not or my instinct is to respond to things like that every time and I am now very hesitant because of the way it could turn out like if it doesn't turn out successfully and you end up and by and by not being successful for me it doesn't it's not about complete retaliation but it's related to the amount of energy I feel I'm expelling an emotional drain you know sometimes sometimes it's super emotional to feel really when you when you realize how affected you are by somebody trying to cause you harm and then responding to it just prolongs that feeling so if it if it's something that drags on then you're shit out of luck because it's like fuck do I drop the ball now like I just can't handle it anymore and then it feels shitty because there's no real closure but when you get success like that, like if you can re-troll or set the record straight and feel vindication in some way and not, you know, like it's, it's mentally draining and exhausting. I mean, I yeah. don't, I have a Twitter account, but, um, you know, it's under an alias and it was really for music stuff. And I don't even like, uh, I mean, this sounds so weird, but I think a lot of people do have google alerts for their names but i i just like i don't want to know about anything that's posted or written or mentions me after the fact you know if i wasn't involved in knowing someone was going to talk about me in some way then i probably don't want to know about it and i would just rather not let it affect me because it's it's hurtful yeah it's like sometimes it could be like social suicide in a way sometimes like to respond yeah or to yeah to respond just like uh, it's so much to like say anything online sometimes I feel like overwhelmed I wish everyone looked like a troll like everyone on the world <laughs> yeah. like a troll and we were just like nice troll people <laughs> you know it would be funny if someone created some sort of um like hacked into Instagram or some other social like TikTok or something or Snapchat and every time you opened those things there was always a filter if you ever tried to post a photo that was a troll filter with no control (laughs) or like for one day everybody's face had a troll filter over it and we would just be scrolling through and see all of these trolls that would be really funny that would be really funny if anyone's listening and has the ability to do cool digital shit, you can have that idea for free. Uh-huh. Um, well, Maggie, I want to thank you for your time. Um, I really appreciate it, especially since I've realized that you are actually in studio and working on multiple shows. So, uh, yeah, I just I appreciate everyone giving me a chance to talk to them. And it's also a nice and selfish excuse for me to get to talk to you because I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Thank you, Ebony. Um, yeah, it was really nice to be part of, this is like the first radio show that I've done in a while. So I feel like it's exciting. It feels like DIY and community and underground. It's all of the things we've been talking about and see, see how that happens guys. Listeners, 
unscripted it all comes together in the end we didn't even plan that shit but really um yeah it's been really nice i haven't done any radio things either and i feel like this is a special experience especially just post covid and what we talk about things changing and i got to pick a really great crew of people and you guys giving your time it just it feels really great so thank you yeah thanks ebony and i want to say to the audience thank you for your honesties that's a great you know you're the first one to give a message to the audience i wish more people did that um i feel like that i got that thank you for your honesties i think it was steph curry's children in the interview like the child took like the microphone and said that to the audience and it's just such a kid thing to say so i thought it would be nice to like end it with that amazing i feel like i should say that i should maybe i'll record that and post add it to every show no i'm gonna give that credit to you thank you for your honesties in this episode this is blue cheese and this episode has been brought to you by Maggie Lee. Yay! Thanks, Maggie. Thanks, Ebony. It's blue cheese.